Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we're doing Breaches of the Week as always. And as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me this information, it always helps me out, and that would be Barrett Peterson, Jay Dance, Andy Jenkinson, Chris Fallon, and Jacqueline Wolf. Thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way, and I will give you a shout out here, and also on my nationally syndicated radio show. And with that, we should actually, uh, given next Sunday being Christmas, put out a Breaches video for that week, although it may be recorded a little early but stay tuned so if you're bored or you hate your relatives on Christmas come watch or listen to me and there you go now with that let's get going because we are going to start in California with San Gorgonio Memorial Hospital no idea if I pronounced that correctly if you live out that way or use them please let me know how to pronounce it I suck at pronunciation if you're a regular follower you should know this now they just notified their patients of a recent healthcare data breach the hospital discovered that an unauthorized party gained access to their infrastructure uh, between October 29th through November 10th of this year they copied out documents uh, basically during that time so it's looking like ransomware, although the article did not state that. We are talking about anything you can think of of personally uh, personal health information, such as names, addresses, medical records, visit ID numbers, health insurance information, clinical information, dates of birth, and etc., etc. The investigation is ongoing, but it said it would update patients if there is anything else uh, that has been breached that they know of. So heads up to you if you use the San Gorgonio uh, Memorial Hospital in California. Moving on, let's head on over to New Mexico, and basically they're state regulation and licensing department because the state regulation and licensing department has started mailing uh, letters informing customers of a cybersecurity breach in October that potentially exposed the personal information of 224 thousand accounts in the state of New Mexico. Now, officials observed suspicious activity on October 7th on the agency's network, and obviously they took immediate steps, and I quote, in abundance of caution, we wanted to make uh, we wanted to make you aware of the incident since some of your information could have been involved, such as your name, address, social security number, and other identifying information, end quote. So heads up to you if you live in New Mexico and have used your state regulation and licensing department for all your regulation and licensing needs. Moving on, let's give an update on K. Smith. This is the massive supply chain healthcare uh, breach that happened a while back. An update because obviously more are declaring. And now we've got MultiCare which is a large regional health network in the state of Washington, uh, Tacoma, uh, East Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. So heads up to you if you are a multi-care patient in that state. Moving on, let's talk about Hope College in the state of Michigan because they discovered potential unauthorized access in their network targeting individuals' personal information, according to college officials this past Thursday. Now, the information believed to be at risk is uh, names first and last, and as well as dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, student ID numbers, no financial information, according to the college, was at risk. So hopefully, Hope College will get back on their feet, I hope. Ta-da. Moving on. Let's talk about Crane Worldwide Logistics, because on December 8th of this year, they reported a data breach to the Attorney General of Texas after confirming a recent cybersecurity incident compromising confidential consumer information under basically their control. And so we are talking about first and last names, addresses, and social security numbers being compromised. They've sent out letters to affected parties. So heads up to you, Crane Worldwide Logistics customers. Moving on, I'm going to give you a quick update on Continental. You may have their tires on your car or other automotive parts. They finally... And this goes back a while, but they finally released a statement on December 12th regarding their breach that I talked about quite some time ago. Quote, Continental was targeted by cyber criminals. The company was able to avert the attack early in August 
and restore the full integrity of its IT systems. Continental's business activities were not affected at any point. The investigation of this incident has since revealed that despite established security measures, the attackers were also able to steal some data from the affected IT system. So in other words, they might have thwarted a ransomware event through it, but they still had stuff stolen. That was not basically discussed in the release that I read in full. So we'll see what happens. But heads up to you, Continental employees and purchasers. There we are. Moving on. <clears throat> Let's talk about social media analytics firm Social Blade. Now, they confirmed they suffered a data breach after their database was breached and put up for sale on basically a hacking form. We're talking email addresses, password hashes, uh, client IDs, tokens for uh, basically business API users, authorization tokens for connected accounts, various non-personal internal data as well. Now, their notice clarified that no credit card information had been exposed due to this incident. While Social Blade states that their user passwords were hashed using the bcrypt algorithm and should not be easily deciphered, the company still suggests you change your password if you're using uh, their platform. All of their, all of that hands heads up. So I don't know if they're going to reissue tokens. I have to imagine they will as well. But heads up if you have a social a Social Blade uh, account as you track your social media or whatever you do there. Moving on. Let's talk about an incredibly specific breach involving one individual, and that individual happens to be a billionaire hedge fund manager, Ken Griffin, formerly of Chicago. Now, I believe he's in... Well, I don't know where he is. I think he's in New Jersey or something like that, but he's a pretty big name here in Chicago. Now, Ken Griffin has just sued the U.S. Internal Revenue Service, or IRS, claiming that it failed to protect his confidential financial information. The Citadel founder is seeking financial damages over a data breach that resulted in ProPublica's publication of information on a number of the wealthiest people here in the United States. Now, he accused the IRS of, quote, willful and intentional failure to establish appropriate administrative, technical, and or physical safeguards, end quote. That's right out of the cybersecurity playbook. Now, this lawsuit filed Tuesday in federal court in the state of Florida also names as a defendant the U.S. Treasury Department, which includes the IRS. The IRS has not responded to comment on this particular suit. And obviously... You might look in this and say, okay, there's some schadenfreude here, you know, uh, super wealthy billionaire, you know, we should be able to see their tax returns and all of that. He's a private citizen. He's not running for office. He's not doing anything. The IRS really should have good technical, administrative, and physical safeguards or controls in place because, quite frankly, my tax returns are with the IRS too, as are yours if you're sitting here in the United States. We all should have that level of security. And unfortunately, this is not the first time the IRS has been breached. And so we'll see where this goes. Can Griffith might get uh, restitution, maybe doesn't have to pay taxes from now on, kind of BS, but you never know. Either way, I think the IRS may be found guilty here. I'll let you know what happens. Moving on, let's talk about Legos. Yes, Legos of Lego brick building movie fame. Security analysts have discovered two API security vulnerabilities in BrickLink.com. This is Lego Group's official secondhand and vintage marketplace for, I'm guessing, buying and selling Lego bricks. Now, BrickLink is the world's largest, apparently, online community of Lego fans with over a million registered members. Two API security issues discovered by Salt Security could have allowed an attacker to take over members' accounts, access and steal personally identifiable information stored on that platform, and even gain access to internal production data and compromise internal servers. So heads up to you if you use BrickLink.com for all of your Lego vintage brick building needs or whatever, uh, heads up, you may have a, a serious problem there. I love Legos as a kid. I have not played with them since, but uh, but it, they're, they're, they're cool. I'm a big fan. Moving on. We got a couple finalists for you today. 
The first one is the Ukrainian government. And this one is actually really interesting because, as you know, they are under attack uh, by the Russians. And it's not just kinetic warfare. It's cyber warfare as well, as well. And here's what's going on. The Ukrainian government entities were hacked in a targeted attack after their networks were first compromised via Trojanized ISO files posing as legitimate Windows 10 installers. If you didn't know, in just the most layman of terms, uh, you can basically take a CD or DVD and create an image of it. It's called an ISO file. And then you can mount it to do things like install things or make backups of your CDs or DVDs. And so a single ISO file could be an installer for an entire operating system, or you can take that ISO and put it back onto a DVD or a CD and pop it in and boot it up and install. That's what we're talking about. Now, these malicious installers delivered malware capable of collecting data from the compromised computers, deploying additional malicious tools and exfiltrating stolen data to attacker-controlled servers. Gee, I wonder who hit them. You know, now, one of the ISOs, interestingly enough, pushed to this campaign was hosted on toloka.to. It's a Ukrainian torrent tracker uh, basically created uh, in May of this year. Quote, the ISO was configured to disable the typical security telemetry a Windows computer would send to Microsoft and block automatic updates and license verification. That is according to security firm Mandiant, who discovered these attacks this past Thursday, quote, there was no indication of a financial motivation for the intrusions, either through the theft of monetizable information or the deployment of ransomware or crypto miners, end quote. What that means is they were going after information. They were going to surveil. Gee, I wonder who hit them in an active war zone. Now, while analyzing several infected devices on Ukrainian government networks, Mandian also spotted uh, scheduled tasks set up basically in mid-July and designed to receive commands that would basically be executed via PowerShell. There's a lot of threat detection systems out there that will not basically threat or, or, or detect threat or isolate PowerShell launches. A lot of modern endpoint detection systems, detection response systems will, but that's obviously a huge thing. It's called fileless malware. So that's a big issue. Obviously, it's looking like the Russians basically were able to get infected versions of Windows 10 into the Ukrainian infrastructure, which might give, give, have given them a lot of insight and telemetry. Imagine if I'm one of those machines, you know, emailing, you know, President Zelensky and Zelensky says, hey, you know, come meet me tomorrow. I'm going to be at X location. Now the Russians have it. Terrifying things, not to mention battle plans and everything else. Fortunately, the Ukrainians appear to still be kicking the Russians in the teeth to the point where they are now striking Russian targets within Russia's border in retaliation. So the Russians did not have the weekend war they were planning. And quite frankly, that's a good thing for the Ukrainians. It's atrocious, atrocious, atrocious as that war is. Another finally for you today is actually Uber. Now, if you've been following me for quite some time, I am no fan of Uber. Uh, and I've done a lot of videos on this. And I've done it since their first major data breach, what they tried to cover up. But here we go. Because Uber has suffered a new data breach after a threat actor leaked employee email addresses, corporate reports, and IT asset information stolen from from one of their third-party vendors in a cybersecurity incident. Now, early Saturday morning, a threat actor named UberLeaks began leaking data they claim was stolen from Uber and Uber Eats on a hacking forum known for publishing data breaches. The leaked data included numerous archives claiming to be source code associated with the mobile device management platforms, or MDM, used by Uber and Uber Eats and third-party vendor services. Bleeping Computer, the publication we're encrypting this from, has basically uh, been told that the newly leaked data consisted of source code, IT asset management reports, data destruction reports, Windows domain login names and email addresses, as well as other corporate information. One of the documents seen by Bleeping Computer also includes email addresses and Windows Active Directory information for over 77,000 
Uber employees. Now, while Bleeping Computer, again, the publication I'm taking this from, initially thought this data was stolen during a September attack, uh, Uber basically told them that it believes this was a third-party vendor breach, and here we are. Uber has shared that threat actor stole its data in a recent breach on Tectivity. Uh, that is their third-party vendor, which they use for asset management and tracking services within their organization. Uber referred to Tectivity's data breach uh, notification that was published basically uh, that afternoon, like a day ago, which explains that a threat actor gained access to Tectivity's AWS or Amazon Web Services backup server that stores data for its customers. This allowed the threat actor to access basically the, the following information from basically any company, not just Uber, using that platform. And so what Uber or other companies from Tectivity had stolen were serial number, make, model, and technical specs of device information. And on top of that, they got user information like first name, last name, work email address, and work location details. So not end of the world breach, uh, you know, for that, but nevertheless, a breach. And that's a huge problem. 77,000 employees. Uber's had a huge problem with being transparent before. Well, they have turned over their leadership staff and fired their original CEO, who apparently was just a jerk on wheels. We'll see where this goes because Uber does not have a good track record on handling data breaches, at least to the public. So we'll see what's up. And finally, 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 oh my God, this one is near and dear to me. And this really sucks because we need to talk about InfraGuard. Now, if you don't know what InfraGuard is, it's basically a program run by the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation, or, or FBI, to build cyber and physical threat information sharing partnerships with the private sector. I happen to be a member of InfraGuard. Now, this is coming from Krebs on Security by Brian Krebs, who always does excellent reporting. And so here we go, because this week, its database of contact information of more than 80,000 members went up for sale on an English cybercrime forum. Now, meanwhile, I should say English language, not English as in England. Now, meanwhile, the hackers responsible for communicating directly with its members through the InfraGuard portal online using a new account under the assumed identity of a financial industry CEO that was very by the FBI. Now, on December 10th, uh, the relatively new cybercrime forum breached, uh, uh, basically, uh, the cybercrime forum known as Breached featured a bombshell news uh, news sale thread. The usernames, uh, basically, or user database for InfraGuard, which includes names and contact information for tens of thousands of InfraGuard members. Now, the FBI's InfraGuard program is supposed to be basically a vetted who's who of key people in private sector roles involving both cyber and physical security companies that manage most of the nation's critical infrastructures, including drinking water and power utilities, communications and financial service firms, transportation manufacturing companies, Companies, healthcare providers, and nuclear energy firms. I had to be vetted like everybody else to get into InfraGuard. It was a long process. Now, uh, according to the uh, uh, US DOD, the person or entity that pulled off this hack, in talking to Brian Krebs of Krebs on Security, they said they gained access to the FBI's InfraGuard system by applying for a new account using the name, social security number, date of birth, and other personal details of a CEO at a company that was highly likely to be granted InfraGuard membership. CEO in question is currently the head of a major U.S. financial corporation that has a direct impact on the creditworthiness of most Americans. Hmm, Equifax, TransUnion, Experian. 
I wonder. Now, basically, uh, that CEO talking to Krebs on security said that they were never contacted by the FBI seeking to vet that InfraGuard in application. USDOD, the attacker, told Krebs on security that their phony application was submitted in November uh, in the CEO's name, that the application included a contact email address that they controlled, but also the CEO's real mobile phone number. And basically, from November to apparently now, they were able to, to, to... essentially fast track that. I remember when I signed up for InfraGuard, it took months for me to basically uh, be welcomed into that, uh, going through whatever checks or tests or whatever the FBI was running on me. But I also was never contacted. Nobody picked up the phone and said, hey, you know, Nigga Spinoza, you're in cybersecurity. We know who you are. Is this actually you? Are you actually applying for InfraGuard? I simply got a notification saying, welcome to the club. And so obviously this is a huge, huge problem uh, that we've had. That's no good for vetting something like this, especially when the entire system is, is has a lot of what's known as TLP Red or Traffic Light Protocol red meaning do not disseminate in there or yellow meaning don't disseminate publicly but to those stakeholders you can or green as in hey everybody can see it so this is a huge issue um you know that we've got and so i i've I've really enjoyed being an infraguard member i'm really hoping this gets cleaned up and you know and i've been trying to get into my account when i log in and i just literally logged in before uh we uh i'm sitting here talking to you right now and basically all of the information sharing is is out meaning it's not allowing me to see like like, you know, like news bulletins of the day, the sensitive news bulletins of the day, those kinds of things. And so obviously that's a huge issue. So we'll see where this goes. Hopefully InfraGuard will, uh, you know, get this straightened out. But I would love to know what, what what personal information I publish in that portal that now an attacker has. So this is obviously a huge thing. And on top of it, we're not talking about just, you know, every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry here. Uh, what we are essentially talking about are people like me that are in cybersecurity in very sensitive positions, dealing with very sensitive critical infrastructure at the government or private sector level, uh, you know, and that we are all charged with defending whatever it is we defend. So this is a huge problem because now we've got, you know, 80,000 80, ish, uh, you know, members of InfraGuard here in the United States that will be targeted, uh, you know, potentially with phishing and everything else, meaning as we are defending, you know, what we have to defend, we now have to defend ourselves at a much higher level. Not that we all shouldn't be wearing tinfoil hats and drinking our own Kool-Aid, but you know what I mean. So obviously that's a huge thing. Those were your breaches of the week. Crazy week as always. And InfraGuard, you're just breaking my heart this week, but I'm hoping we're going to get back online sooner than later more securely obviously i'm having to go through revetting if i need to because i'm legit and as always stay safe stay online and please attempt to stay private thanks everybody